0: The NFL, it never stops, man. Russ, he is now in Denver. Russ is cooking in Denver. It doesn't, I don't think it fits right. Let Russ cook in Denver just doesn't sound right. All right, we'll be right back after this. All right guys, I'm Thomas Waller joined by as always Tony Nemeti. We're here to break down the Russell Wilson trade that stole the spotlight from Aaron Rodgers. I believe the man had about 5 hours to kind of be the center of NFL attention before it was stolen from him. But you know what, the NFL is absolutely a content machine and it never it just never stops. Right Tony, it just it never stops.
1: There's always something.
0: No, absolutely. It just it truly never stops. So let's break down the let's get the quick details out of the way for those who don't, uh, you know, haven't been following. haven't seen a lot of the tweets. So obviously, Russell Wilson is going to Denver. The Denver Broncos will be giving Seattle this year's first round pick this year's second round picks. That's picks number nine and picks number 40. their first and second round picks, and they'll be exchanging their fifth round pick for Seattle's fourth round pick. Of course, that's not the only thing going trading places. Obviously, Russ, he's headed out. Drew Locke will be headed to Seattle, as will Noah Fant, the tight end, and Shelby Harris, the lineman, interior lineman, I believe. So, Tony, who won this trade? Like, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but there's a lot of capital changing. You know what? Before that, what
1: does this make each team in your eyes? Um, I think this makes Denver better, but I don't think it makes them the best team in the division. I think the Chiefs are still going to be the team to beat for another, I give them two years before Mahomes' uh, cap hit really starts to affect the team and the resignings that they can do. I think that Russ is definitely an upgrade uh, from Drew Locke. Obviously, I think we all agree on that. And I think that it will definitely uh, kind of force this team to be better on the offensive side. And the defense, I think we all know that their defense is young and developing, and they're already great. So I do see them getting better every single year for at least the next couple of years. So I do think they see an immediate jump. The Seahawks, they kind of have to be in full rebuild mode. I don't think even with or without Russ, they were going to be anything special uh, in their division. They're a pretty decently solid team, but in that division of just powerhouses, there's no way that they could succeed with or without Wilson. So I can kind of see why they believe this is the time to trade him, just because it's kind of a waste to have him in that division with the team around him.
0: I was definitely surprised. I know that Russ had, you know, there was a big story last year where Russ was incredibly unhappy, and I, I wrote an article about it saying there's no way they're going to trade Russ. He's just, he's not movable. So I was I was surprised when I got the alert that he had been traded, but not surprised, I guess, by the destination to where he had been traded. And, yeah, I agree. I, I still think that um, largely it is Kansas City's division, and really their division to lose. I would be really surprised if they aren't the division champs this year. I know we went through all the – the crazy story of this year of, oh my gosh, you know, the Chiefs are done. Mahomes looks terrible. He's, you know, the NFL's figured him out with this too high shell. And then of course the Chiefs, what do they do? They end up winning the division. So yeah, I would agree with that. I do think that we're going to see it get a little bit closer though, because we are going to see cap casualties as Mahomes cap number really jumps up this year. Um, according to Zelo so Denver actually did not improve their, their quarterback position by that much, if you can believe it. Um, so Zelo had, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, their current Denver starting quarterback, as about a 125 passer overall, and it only has Russell Wilson as 132 because, of course, this was a hugely down year for um, for Russ. He was injured for a good portion of the year, and then when he did play, it was not an elite. Let Russ cook form. So, realistically, the model has the Chargers as the number one team in the division, then the Chiefs, but those two are very close. It's just a matter of a few points here or there, um, and then Denver increased to 1475 only because for the sake of this episode, I decided to put in Russ's value from last year, which is 179 as opposed to 132. If it's 132, the Broncos are still the third best team in the division, but they are a lot closer to the Raiders than they are the Chiefs and the chargers. Is that, uh, I
1: think, I think I would put Denver over the Raiders. I think the Raiders are fairly overrated. Uh, I think it's close, though. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders finish with a better record than the Broncos. I do think that if that were to happen, it wouldn't be by more than maybe two games. Probably more like one game, if anything. But I think that's kind of the you know best-case scenario for the Raiders. Realistically, I do believe that the Broncos will finish with a better record than the Raiders. You know, At the end of next season, again, I don't think it'll be by a crazy amount. Best case scenario is maybe they pull out two or three wins over the Raiders with that developing defense and now completely different styled offense.
0: I could honestly see the Broncos finishing in second over the Chargers. I know that the Chargers had a really good year this year, but it would not shock me. I don't think. Um, I just I I would be very surprised if Russell Wilson doesn't play significantly better with a whole host of weapons he you know i think he'd actually have an offensive line for the first time in forever so i think he's going to see a very different you know he has a very different cast now he does not have the explosivity that he did in the weapons um in seattle so i'll be interested to see how that develops i think overall the staff around him got a lot better turning attention to seattle um so the model had seattle as the the worst team in the division even with russ and now with with Gino, they've gotten to be, because I'm, you know, I'm taking the <laughs> the higher starter right now on Zelo's depth chart. It's Drew Locke behind Gino Smith. Um, but with Gino, he would actually, the, the Seattle Seahawks would be the third worst team in the division. Um, but that's still a very tight division overall, if you can believe it, by, by Zelo's effort.
1: Yeah, jumping back to the the point of Russell Wilson probably playing better with this new cast, I actually disagree. Uh on the surface, you know, we kind of think, oh, Seattle's O-line is it's so terrible. Anything is really an upgrade. And yes, the Broncos are an upgrade, but it's almost a technical upgrade more than anything. If you look at lineups and they have a, a, a sacks allowed stat, the Seattle Seahawks last season allowed 46 stats. That's not quite the worst. The Bears allowed 58, but it's pretty low. The Denver Broncos last year allowed 40 it's only a six sack difference, and yes, six sacks is somewhat sizable, I guess. It can change a drive or two in maybe two or three games. But he's really not that much better protected for references to what a really good O-line is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best O-line. They allowed 23 sacks. The Los Angeles Chargers, they were seventh and they allowed 30. So Kind of the top 10 range would be about 31, 32, 33 sacks allowed. So the Denver Broncos are still kind of average to below average in terms of O-line at best. And as you said, I think that Russ might have kind of lost weapons here on the receiver front. They just traded Noah Font as as part of this trade, so they kind of lost their tight end. I don't necessarily see Russ doing anything better. He might kind of fall back a little. Yeah. I mean, it depends on who you're
0: going to. I actually, um, I was kind of just saying that off the top of my head from what I remember watching those games. But if you go to pass block win rate, which is of course the ESPN metric, Seattle is actually 15th with Denver being 16th. So his protection may have gotten a little worse, even though I, I don't think it feels like it. Um, and then of course if you go to pro football focus, um, Seattle was is 25th in their O-line gradings. And then Denver is 19th. Um, so, you know, d- Take what you will, I guess. It's hard to tell, I guess, would be what I think. But I do think that even if it's small, it's, you know, like you said, it's more like a technical upgrade, which kind of surprises me. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the the weapons, too. I mean, that's huge. Like, no offense. Let's get into the actual players that are changing hands. So obviously, you have Russell Wilson. So Zelo ranks him as the 16th quarterback overall by a pure passer perspective. Um, And then Drew Locke is 47th. Noah Fant is the ninth tight end in the NFL, if you can believe it, the 48th pass catcher overall. It's a pretty dang good t- pass catcher to be a top 50 pass catcher. And then Shelby Harris is the 30th defensive lineman. You know, those are not small pieces. Like Denver did, did I mean, Seattle did get back some good pieces. They obviously didn't get back a very good quarterback. And I think he'll play um, on the roster this year and they'll draft. I would imagine Seattle's move now is to just draft a quarterback where they currently are. I believe they're, you know, they'll now be picking ninth, of course. Um, Or, yeah, they'd be picking nice, I think. But but the point is, I think that they'll probably be spending some capital on a quarterback because Drew Locke is not suitable. But they did get back a really good uh, tight end and no offense. So I do think that Seattle, obviously, when you lose Russell Wilson, you get worse. But the but the Denver Broncos, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, did a very good job of making sure they got a
1: decent return. Yeah, it really depends on how they use these draft picks. They got back some solid players, like you said. And the Seahawks are kind of known to be a little bit rough in the draft every now and then, more often than not, I think would be reasonable to say. So at this point, it just depends on if they can use these picks well, then they, I think that they, that they won this trade. I think that they're going to get more of a net gain than they are losing out of Russell Wilson. Uh, but if they pick poorly, I still don't think it's that bad of a trade. They got some solid guys, even if these picks are busts. Uh, I think that they will at that point have lost this trade, but they're still getting good pieces regardless. So I don't think this is a bad trade for the Seahawks. I think this is a good trade for the Broncos, but we'll just have to see kind of what time, what time is going to say on this. And I have the Broncos depth chart pulled up for the receivers. As of right now, the depth chart for the wide receiver group for the Denver Broncos is Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick. Now Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, they're not slouches, but they're, they're not, like, wide receiver one in the league. They're not top five, not really top ten. They're pretty decent, not bad, not great. So I don't know what Russ is really going to have to work with here. They have He has Melvin Gordon at running back. I think Javante Williams is going to have a big year this year. He has been—he uh, was very underrated last year, but he really doesn't have that many weapons. He's definitely net lost when you look at, you know, he had DK over in Seattle— and like we said with the O-line, it's not really helping them there either. So I think that the Seattle Seahawks might have won, depending on how these draft picks go. The Denver Broncos did win. I think the loser is Russell Wilson, honestly. I don't hate that tape because I'm looking at Zillow right now. It's so
0: Zillow's offensive
1: score for the Broncos
0: is 631. Of course, that's not counting Fant. Um, and that is, you know, that's not counting... Um, a good Russell Wilson season. It's it's hard to tell what he's going to, how he's going to perform next season. Obviously that's a really hard thing to project. Um, but you know, Denver, the only area that I think Russell improved himself dramatically is the defense. So I think it's not, it's not a horrible take to say that the, that the loser was Russ going back to your point with the draft capital. So Jimmy Johnson, the, the legendary coach actually made a draft capital chart where he valued every single pick from, like The first round, all the way to the seventh round, and it gave it a point value system. Some people do think that the chart is a little bit outdated just because of you know how the picks have changed, but it's largely probably one of the most universal reference systems when assessing draft capital. So, of course, the Denver ninth overall pick that CL now has possession of is revalued at uh, 1350, their 40th pick is at 500, and then the Seattle pick that's going to Denver is 66, and the Denver pick um, that's 144th is. Um, is valued at 34 points. And then, you know, I can't assess the first and second round picks, but you can assume that they'll be anywhere from, you know, 1,500 in the first round and 500 in the second round. But, you know, you don't actually know until you get the exact placement. But um, if you just look at this year's capital, Seattle's getting back with that 1,884 points and Denver's getting back 66 points. So Seattle definitely won the draft capital trade. And I think Look, if you have an unhappy superstar, this is kind of how it goes in the NBA. You get rid of them, you get back some expiring contracts of good players. You let those expire, so you can try and you know prepare your salary for for a big free agent. Um, but you have to move on eventually. If your star is unhappy, you just, you have to move on and start the rebuild. And I think that um, Seattle did the right thing by getting rid of him and getting a decent return in terms of capital, like you said, Tony. You know, they can absolutely win this trade if you get the if, if you're able to make good picks. Will they make good picks? You know, that's obviously to be seen. But on paper, Seattle is, I think, the early winner in this. Um I I don't know. I honestly don't want to say any of the teams lost. Like I think Denver got what they wanted. They wanted and have wanted an elite quarterback. This is the best quarterback they've had since Peyton Manning. Um, whereas, you know, Seattle obviously said, hey, it's time to hit the reset button on this so i I think they both won maybe Seattle won a little bit more I mean this it, it's hard to tell right now like with the with the like I almost feel like Denver's trying to be the Rams if that makes any sense so you know it'll it'll be it'll be um validated if they are able to win a championship and anything short of that you know this trade starts to look more and more like a
1: yeah I don't i mean if i'm if I'm russell Wilson right now are you kind of like kicking yourself a little bit here? Because, yes, your defense is getting significantly better. So as a result, you will probably your team will probably finish with a better record. But in terms of the offense, I think you're losing out. Net, yeah, I think you're net losing if you're going to Denver as compared to Seattle if you're Russell Wilson. That's got to be kind of disappointing just a little bit if you're Russ. Because, you know, maybe the team does a little bit better, but... We also have to remember that Russell Wilson is the king of the MVP through week seven. Do we continue to see his performances like that? Even if we're in Denver as compared to Seattle, because his O line's not getting that much better. His weapons are getting worse. I mean, he's always the, the, you know, whenever anybody does the mid season awards, it's always Russell Wilson MVP. And then by the end of the year, he's not even in the top five anymore. It happens every single year for like the past four years. Now, I don't, personally see that changing by him changing to this team if he were to change to like the chiefs or something or some ridiculously loaded team then yeah sure maybe he can pull it off then but like we've kind of dove into this year he's not really getting better if anything he's going to get yeah i mean for sure but
0: here's the thing russ can't be kicking himself like he has a no trade clause like he, he had to have picked this destination and at the very least have said, you know what, I'll sign off on this destination. Now, was it number one, number two, number three, number four? No, I, I have a feeling that the number one option was the Saints because that is a loaded team, even if they are, you know, hemorrhaging players because the salary cap is kind of caught up to them and they have a new coach. So I think that the Saints were probably his number one destination. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, look, he had to be fundamentally unhappy with Seattle, In some way, whether I believe I believe it was the fact that he wasn't really allowed in personnel decisions as much and wanted more input. And Seattle was, you know, and Pete Carroll was kind of like, no, I'm good. I'm good, man. Um, I don't need your input. And so I think that was probably the number one reason. It'll be interesting to see if Denver gives him that kind of input. But yeah, I mean, for as to the MVP thing, as the guy who's literally written midseason awards and given Russell Wilson, the the midseason MVP, uh, with the with the cliche with the the caveat that it should go to Aaron Rodgers, um, from a passing perspective, except Russ had enough on the ground to kind of make up the difference. Yeah, no, I I think that I don't know. It's so hard. Like with the Matthew Stafford trade, I feel like my initial was reaction after looking at the Rams and looking at the data and saying, "Oh my god, this is a Super Bowl team." I don't have that same vibe with the the Broncos, and I I loathe saying vibe, but I just don't have the same feeling. Like, I had a gut instinct that the Rams were a Super Bowl champion, or at the very least were a contender, and I don't have that feeling with the Broncos, because Russ could genuinely be the third-worst quarterback in a division. Is he also the best, uh, third-best quarterback in a division ever? Like, that's a genuine question. Same with Derek Carr. Is he the best, worst quarterback of a division?
1: Well, I mean absolutely like when that when that Matthew Stafford trade broke, he goes to the Rams, our very first reaction like as soon as we started that episode that we talked about, it was like one of the first things we said was okay, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. I think we even might have said the Rams are winning the Super Bowl. And you know, obviously that aged well, but we said that because we were so confident in it. It was really that the Rams were one quarterback away. And Matthew Stafford, we both believed, was an elite quarterback who just didn't get the recognition because of the team that he was on. I don't get the same feeling here. I think that Russell Wilson is a—I'm almost hesitant to say great. I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't think he's a top quarterback in the league anymore. I think there's three or four guys I'd probably put ahead of him consistently, especially after— uh, the trend that he has followed over the past couple of seasons, but I don't think that this team is one quarterback away. I think the defense is solid. I don't think they're a Super Bowl defense. I still think they need time to develop. This offense I can guarantee is not a Super Bowl offense. I mean, this is really I know I know that the the Bengals just made it to the Super Bowl with a terrible O line and Burrow was constantly getting sacked, but that was also with the best wide receiver core in the NFL and Joe Burrow who pulled magic week after week. So. I think that if you look at the Bengals and you say, "Well, you don't need a great offense to make it to the Super Bowl," you're kind of looking at the unicorn there. More often than not, you need a really, really, really good offense and a really, really, really good defense to make it, let alone win. And I don't think the Broncos have close to either of those, even after. the
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure, and like to to kind of emphasize that point. Back when we did the Matthew Stafford trade, according to the Draft Network, the number one need for the Rams, was a quarterback. Like, the the draft network acknowledged, hey, they may have Jared Goff on this massive Albatross contract, but that doesn't mean that they have the position locked up. They need somebody desperately. You know, and that need, of course, went away to other needs. But looking at the the Broncos right now, quarterback has now dropped um, to a a don't need. But now they have edge needs, which they gave away. The a cornerback need, a linebacker need, a safety need. Like, those are serious problems that would indicate to me that that defense, which we – said was really young and can improve is not prime to improve. If you have four primary needs and they are all on one side of the football and then your next, your secondary needs are offensive tackle and running back. Like that says to me, you're far from perfect. Whereas with the, with the Rams, the the primary needs were very different from this Broncos primary need.
1: Yeah. And when is, when is Russ due for a new contract? Uh, let me pull up his over the cap. I was just looking at it. I, I believe he still has two years left.
0: So, yeah, he has a 2022 year, and that cap number is $24 million, and then he has a 2023 year, which is the cap number is 2027, which realistically, those are two pretty fa- uh, team-friendly numbers. Like, that's only 10.9% of the cap and 12% of the cap. You could do a lot worse from a cap perspective. Granted, I'm not a huge fan of the quarterback now, after looking at Zelo of those numbers being assigned to him, but, you know, it's still a very team-friendly,
1: yeah, it definitely is very team friendly, but uh, I guess my point was we were we were just talking about how this defense is young and this defense needs to improve to any in order to make it anywhere deep into the playoffs uh, whatsoever. It's still going to take maybe two, three, four years for this team to get to that level. At that point, Russ will have a new contract, and Russ being Russ, he might try to ask for something that's really, really high and probably not team friendly. So. We could see a scenario where as soon as the Broncos are finally getting to that level, Russ's cap hit's going to be enough where they're going to have to cut some players and kind of regress as soon as they're peaking and not really have a chance to be a Super Bowl team. It's all going to depend on, you know, does Russ care more about the money or the ring? And since he already has a ring, I'm almost inclined to say that he's more leaning towards money.
0: I don't think that's the case because if you're leaning towards money, you just stay at Seattle and get an extension that's probably obscene. Um, but what I am more inclined to say is that I think he wants a ring. I think you're right, though. I mean, like the whole point of the Stafford trade was that "f them picks" was the the expression that was applied to their GM. Like it's a hilarious expression. His kids got him a mug. He actually wore the meme T-shirt at the Rams Super Bowl parade of just his face with "f them picks," um, and so you know because they, they said, we're all, we're ready. We have the defense. And, you know, again, we are completely complete. I think you're right. that The Broncos defense is genuinely two years away from being, is a year away from being a year away. Like, you know, they're just a little bit too far away. And now I think that Russ, I think he wants to win a ring because I don't think you leave, leave your hometown where you're kind of a legend. You're the face of the franchise. You're probably the most by Tony by AV. Is he the most valuable player? I know you like A.B. By
1: the pro football reference, A.B.?
0: Yeah, do you have that? Um, But anyway, my point to that tirade is that I think he wants a ring. I just don't think that this is the best destination. I think that the best destination would have been the Saints, but obviously I don't think they can make the uh, the salary cap. Good Lord, I combine the words. Salary cap work because they're the Saints, and they're like $100 million over the salary cap.
1: Yeah, I, they're just going to run into the issue of kind of like the Chiefs are going to run into, I think, in the next two years with the whole uh, Patrick Mahomes cap hit number. They're going to be really good for another maybe two, three years, and then they're going to have to start letting guys go. The Broncos are going to run into that issue before they're even any good. So I do think that if that is the case and they develop on the pace that we think they're going to develop at and the numbers start hitting like we think they will, at that point, the Broncos may have lost this trade because, sure, maybe they make a little bit of a flashy jump into the playoffs in a first round out or second round out at best. But at the end of the day, if you're just going to give this guy a ton of money and not be able to really resign anybody, then what's the point of this whole trade?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're—I don't know. My, I genuinely think that you improved, but like, almost at what cost? And you know, if they, if they go and win a Super Bowl, then then we're wrong. But I feel fairly confident in saying that they're not going to. And, you know, honestly, so does zelo If you're the third best team in your division, then, you know, you're not a Super Bowl caliber team. Yeah. Are there any thoughts you want to – do you have the AV?
1: I have – I have the 2021 leaders pulled up, uh, but it only gives up to, like, top 10, and he's not in it. He's not in the top ten AV leaders. I guess that was you know it was a bad year,
0: but still, really okay.
1: No, Josh Allen's number one. I mean, he's behind Tristan Wirfs, who's seventeen. Yeesh. So he's not even on the list. Like, yeah, he's still he's still a an above average quarterback. I think he's a top ten quarterback in the NFL. But with how many amazing quarterbacks are kind of there are and are developing in the league right now, he's not really like the end-all be-all guy to trade for anymore if you look at passer rating this past year and honestly i still i think that russell wilson's passer rating for this past year is a little high if anything uh it's 103.1 i think if he would have played a full season he would have dropped but 103.1 is good for tied for fourth with Kirk cousins and it's just barely ahead of stafford and brady so he's borderline top five based off of passer rating but that's kind of skewed because he almost didn't have time to let it drop a little bit like a lot of these guys did. So I think by passer rating, if you look at him next year, he's going to be around 10.
0: I was going to say, look at Zillow. like He dropped 16th this year when he was, I think, a top 10 player. So if you go to the Seahawks franchise page, I actually did find his AV. So um, by franchise AV, Russell Wilson is 158 with the next closest being uh, Steve Steve Langret at 140. But he actually wasn't the AV leader this year, which I suppose shouldn't be surprising because he missed so much time. It was actually Bobby Wagner, um, but then Wilson has been the AV leader from 2014 to 20. Um, well, that's not true either. He's been uh, going back and forth with Bobby Wagner, which I think again should be telling is that like, you know, I don't think Russell Wilson can be the franchise savior that the Broncos kind of need him to be.
1: Yeah, this year his A.V. was only 12. I found it now. This was actually his lowest A.V. year of his career, which I guess makes sense because he did miss some games, but he still started 14 games this year. He didn't miss all that much.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, wow, an A.V. at 12, yeah, that, that feels crazy. I'm kind of surprised. I would have looked back. I mean, I know he's the franchise leader, but if you look back at all of the seasons that he's played, you know, so Sherman won his rookie year um Sherman won his his second year in the league and then um he won in his third and fourth year and then Bobby Wagner won five six and seven with Wilson winning in eight nine and then Wagner won in uh you know this year so he's not even he's barely like 50 50 on his years as being the the leader
1: which you know in this in the league that is today if you're a quarterback and not the AV leader that's probably not a great sign because natural inclination is going to be, oh, it's the quarterback's most valuable position. If he's any good, he's probably going to lead an AV. If you look historically at Russell Wilson, his best AV years were 2014 and 2015 where he was 19. Since then, the closest he got to it was 17 in 2020. Other than that, he hasn't cracked 15. So he has taken a significant drop-off since pretty much his rookie contract was up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it feels crazy to, I don't know, to doubt Russell Wilson almost just because he's such a known commodity that's such a good commodity. But if you look at his, you know, his, his ZeeLo by year, you know, he's been – granted, you know, he had a, his peak season in, you know, not uh, not in 2021, but in 2020, that was his, his best ZeeLo year. Um, but I, I still think that it's, it's telling – that it's gone down and like I almost kind of expected to continue to go down because kind of like you know you were saying he's he still played what 14 games like you've missed three games you know you shouldn't have that much of a statistical drop off and Zelo doesn't even care about how many games you played just that you played and did well in them it goes by the
1: yeah I mean he he still has plenty of sample size for us to see how he would have played uh, over the course of the season he only missed realistically probably about three and a half games if you include that game that he was uh, injured in that he technically started so I'll give him three and a half he still passed for 3,100 yards so he might have barely cracked 4,000 with his 14 uh, starts 25 touchdowns six interceptions so you know pretty good on the interception side a little low on the touchdown side so and this is all kind of just reinforcing that he's an above average quarterback in the league, but he's no longer, you know, the elite top three, top five kind of guy.
0: So if you had to kind of give this as we kind of close, because there's not a big free agent quarterback on the market, um, you know, I think Denver got the best available ready to play quarterback that's, you know, short of Deshaun Watson. And I don't think you can count him as a ready to play quarterback because of all the trouble he's in. So. You know, I think Denver did the, the best they could do because they clearly needed a franchise quarterback. Um, but, you know, I, with that context, it's a good trade. But overall, what would you give the Denver
1: side of the trade grade? Uh, I think I'd give them a B simply because, yes, you kind of you got the best quarterback available to play, you know, kind of plug-and-play quarterback right now, if you will. But at the same time, we did talk about how this defense is still two or three years away. Like, you still have time to find your guy before, you know, it's really like you're a quarterback away. It's not like the Rams where this team's completely built and they just needed Russ. You kind of had time to not sell the sell the farm, if you will, uh, to get this guy now when he's probably just going to cost you later. I
0: think I'm going to give them... I don't know I want to give them a little bit of a higher grade because you know I'll give them a B2 but it'll be a look you know it'll be pretty much the same reason like you gave up a lot of picks you're not getting obviously picks in return Russ is an aging quarterback who's probably you want to say approaching the end of his prime like or do you think he's still in his prime I don't know. I'd say it's a B because they gave him a lot of assets. And then Seattle, I think you did the best you could, given the fact that he wanted out. And when a quarterback wants out, like your leverage is diminished. And the fact that they got a rookie quarterback, no offense, Shelby Harris, like that's very commendable.
1: Yeah, that's not bad. I think I give them both a B, honestly.
0: Why do you give the Seahawks a B? Because
1: it depends on how they use their picks.
0: Okay, well, I, I don't know. I feel like that's...
1: I mean, let's not pretend like they got, let's not pretend like they got an elite young quarterback.
0: No, I know, but you still got, you still got assets back is what I'm saying. Like, even if you don't care about Drew Locke and you know that he's not going to be on the roster next year, like Noah Fant as a top 10 tight end in the league and Shelby Harris is a really good interior defensive lineman. Like those are two not
1: slouch pickups. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's kind of like a good, not trade, good, not great trade for them. Like you did what you could. But in a perfect world, you would have gotten more. So, you know, it's not an A. I guess you can argue it's a B-plus for me. Uh, I think it's a B. It's just under a B-plus that could turn into a B-plus or A-minus if you use your picks really well.
0: I don't know. So, I mean, the problem is is that he obviously had a no-trade clause, right? So, like, he, he dictated this term. He dictated the terms of this deal. He gave them... What were the four locations? But Dallas was one of them before Dak got signed to that monster deal. Um, Denver, of course, the Saints, and then the Raiders, right? He gave them four locations, and then, you know, two of the teams in, in the Raiders and Dallas are fairly firmly committed to their quarterback. Denver was really the only quarterback, or the only place that didn't have a quarterback um that they, that they cared about deeply and then the saints seem to be all for all intents and purposes moving forward with javis winston so i think that considering the fact that this was the only team that russ wasn't going to immediately veto and the fact that the broncos kind of desperately needed it they got a lot of capital out of the fact that it was the one team that russ could realistically go to so that's i'm going to give them an a minus not an a not an a plus it's not the best trade i've ever seen but I think that considering that if there was really only one team that would be willing to take on Russ and only there's only one team that was going to take on Russ that Russ wouldn't immediately veto.
1: Yeah, but that's not really an issue for the team. The team doesn't really care. The team would love to have him. It's really Russ. That's the one that has the issue, which is why I would give Russ the losing grade here. No, but I'm saying that
0: if you're the Broncos, you lost leverage immediately. Like, before you sat down to the negotiating table to hammer out this deal, you lost
1: instantly. Well, I mean, they I, I don't think they should have made this trade, period, so I guess I kind of agree. But given that they did make the trade, I don't think it was the worst trade for them. Like, this is the best guy on the yeah. market. I don't necessarily think you should have gone for it now. But if you were going to go for it, I guess this isn't terrible.
0: No, I'm talking about from the Seattle side of this. That De- Denver, I agree got a B. I'm saying the Seattle side.
1: I mean, I can't give them an A for this. A minus. I can't give them an A minus for this. I mean, they got two they got two above average players. They got a below average quarterback. Then they got a bunch of picks. It really just depends on how they use the picks. This it could definitely be an A if they use the picks well. A minus. Uh, I, I could yeah I could definitely give them an A minus if they use the picks well. But before I know what they do with these picks, I'm gonna give it a B. Okay,
0: but I agree with that, and that makes sense.
1: I'm gonna give them a B plus just to say you
0: were dealt a bad hand because you obviously don't want to give Russ away. So I'll give you a little something more. All right, well. Um, let's wrap here I think it was a pretty good episode um, and we'll see you guys next Friday I have no idea what we're going to really do then it'll probably be a lot of Zelo stuff and you know hopefully we'll get a little bit more details about the Aaron Rodgers contract the exact terms of the contract are still kind of up in the air I don't have to report it. something Rodgers said you know that's not necessarily true and so you know in the actual ESPN report that they published they didn't actually list the details so i think that tells you which way they lean but hopefully we'll be able to talk about that then we'll probably talk a little kyler murray because that situation seems to sort of be up for dispute a little bit Um, but when we see next when we see this friday you know it'll be a great episode as always Um, but until then see you around
1: later guys